good, man? What's good, y'all? Hey, look, man. Hey, you know something, man? Do you know who um let me ask you something real quick, bro? Do you know who uh Robert L. Johnson is? I do not know who Robert L. Johnson is. It's a shame that you don't know who Robert L. Johnson is. Robert L. Johnson is a black man. You know here he went to school? I do not know where said black man Robert L. Johnson went to school. If you could take a guess with Mr. Robert U- L. Johnson. University of Illinois. Robert L. Johnson went to the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. Do you know what's significant about him besides the fact that he's a human being and a black man? And I can't speak to his character, but I can speak to something significant. Do you know what that significant thing is? No, Mr. Miles Xavier, I do not know what that significant thing that Mr. Robert L. Johnson who went to University of Illinois did. Thank you for saying his name, because we're going to make sure that people remember his name who watched this segment. Mr. Robert L. Johnson was the first black billionaire in the United States. He was the owner of the BET network. He sold that BET network to white people, which is something that I do not love. But I do like that he was the first black billionaire, that he went to the same school as me and my illustrious brother here. You know what I'm saying? But I don't like that we were, that piece of information was not repeated as we are trying to repeat it now as we went to that school. How long did you go to that school, bro? How long did you spend on that campus, G? Bro, we were at that campus for, for four years each, and never once did I know that. Hmm. That probably don't speak to nothing else about society, but that's all <laughs> I want to I just wanted to make sure that y'all knew. <laughs> Robert L. Johnson. <laughs> oh, man. I love it. I love it. Shout out to Robert L. Johnson, man. And shout out to everybody else for tuning in to another, another episode of the All The Way Live podcast. Mr. Miles Xavier, we're back at it again with another show, another hot lot of show for the people. Got him. Getting them. Going to get them. <laughs> we, this is Tenet. We all back and forth with the time zones. But y'all understand that some hot shit is coming. Or maybe it came. But you are right where you need to be. What up? And we appreciate each and every one of y'all for listening. And listen, it's slowly growing, bro. It's it's slowly growing. And it it feels every week as though, you know, I'm the, the family's growing. I feel I feel the love of it. So I definitely wanted to shout out everybody that's already listening to the show. Don't forget, man, listen, sharing with, you know, share these dope clips with the people that you think would appreciate mm-hmm. this type of conversation. Um, like, comment, subscribe, all of the above. You know, we we keep this con- this content rolling out quite um, what, what's the word I'm looking for? We keep this content rolling out quite meticulously, I think is, is an appropriate word to use over there. Carefully curated by my homie Chestnut Tones, and I am Hazelnut Tones. And if these tones are reaching you right now, <laughs> Wait. then you are a friend of the show. You might have heard a homegirl jump in. Siri is also a friend of the show. I did not sign up to be called Hazel Tones is actually the point that I'm getting to. I am Hazel Tones. You are Chestnut Tones. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that still doesn't make it better. I'm just wondering because I, I was with you throughout all of pre-production and I never once knew that we we're inciting each other. So I'm Chestnut Tones and you're Hazelnut Tones. Hey, man, you know. We can refer to you as any of your AKAs at your discretion, my G. I just, that's another one that I, yes, I did assign you. That's how you get nicknames, brother. They are bestowed upon you. Not like that, though. I think it fits. <laughs> Not like that, though. 
you, you don't just you don't just introduce uh, me as my new nickname without me knowing that's my nickname is what my point is. I feel like that is kind of a way that his that that uh that nicknames get introduced. Well, I bet. So we've how have how have nicknames been introduced to you in pa- in the past, and what are some of your nicknames that you've had? You see, I've always came up with my own nicknames because I'm a man that you know that I'm a man that decides his own destiny. So some of my actually that's not even true. So <laughs> that's smooth. <laughs> hey, that's smooth. That is so that is so not true. When I first got to um, Kazakhstan, I get into class and the teacher is reading out the names the first day of class and he gets to my name and my full name, you know, Zuelake. Like it's it's African on paper, my name. You feel me? So he sees that and he goes, you know, he struggles with it. He goes, he goes, listen, the only this this name is so this name is so complicated, the only letter I can get out is Z. And just like that, I became Z for over like let's say eight ten years up until I got to university and I was like actually I don't even I and I've started introducing myself by my full name I was known as Z throughout all of high school we can I mean and that's a that's a could be an even deeper conversation you know I mean about the ways in which sometimes whether we however we feel about our names we let other people ease themselves you know comfort themselves in finding a shorter thing to call us so they don't have to go out of their comfort zone to pronounce them right and that and where we kind of internalize that as kids right because a lot of times it is a teacher right or somebody in authority that's trying to call roll call or something like that and it's just trying to get through the list so we're kind of pushed into this box where it's like oh yeah z is fine you know and maybe you really are fine with that but i think a lot of people get pushed into that and people you know's names get shortened who really do like for you know to be called by their fully given name so yeah i'm sorry if you felt boxed in brother didn't it then good for you you were soldier you know what i'm saying real niggas don't trip about that shit anyway so i mean yeah all that too you know so <laughs> all that too. what what's some of the nicknames you I was had kidding. i'm kidding you know what bro the word the name miles doesn't really lend itself to like too many nicknames super easily so for a long time i didn't i didn't really have uh I didn't really have any, although I, I gen, I'm somebody who like, as I was just speaking to genuinely likes the way that like, especially black folks say my name, it's more like M-O-W-E-S, like mouse. You have to say that again. It's like what? Mouse, <laughs> mouse, like M-O-W-E-S. And it's like, I, I like, I kind of always just thought that was funny. You know, um, miles is often spelled with the I minus spelled with a Y. So like there was already my, and like, yeah, your parents give you cool names. Yeah, for sure. They was trying to put sauce on it, so I never really felt like I needed a nickname, and I was always cool with people just calling me Miles. Now, when I started to go like and be around more white people, and it was more like Miles, and it was like, <laughs> yeah, I like I don't really like the way that hit the ear the same way. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, man. So, how did how did they say it? <laughs> Miles, Miles. Oh, whiny. <laughs> they say the whole word like this. This. Um, which is like, you know, it's 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 whatever. So at that point it did start to be like, dang, I wish I did have a nickname because that, that sound trash. So I had like my friends or whatever, still not coming up with a nickname. It just became Miles Xavier. Cause I think when you're anticipating pronouncing all the sounds, you kinda 
string them together, you kind of sing it a little bit more. So like yeah. I started to go by that for everybody's sake, white people, um, get y'all a little sauce. Uh, and then, yeah. So the only real nickname that I've really had that I really liked is uh, shout out to my homeboy, Delonte. We used to just back and forth, but also just like playing verbal games with games with slang as young kids, you know, in high school. So everything got shortened. Miles Xavier got shortened to Zay Xavier. I rock with that. There you go. So, so welcome. So, how do you think he would feel about you going from Zay to Chestnut? Is it Chestnut Tones? You're Chestnut Tones. I am (laughs) him. Got it. Got it. Now that we've got that cleared out of the way, welcome to the show. And listen, here at the All The Way Live podcast, man, how we've, how we've carefully curated this show as we do every week is to break it down into three different criteria, into three different set sections. And those sections are, it's a tongue twister, this thing. Always a tongue twister. Let's see yes, if, if I can get through it without, without stumbling. I got this. Game, talk your, grab your get, call your, your listen. Game, so we got the stumble upon stumble upon now breaks into anything that me and miles have stumbled upon over the week this could be conversations thoughts ideas things we've interacted with things that have caught our fascination and we bring it over and we decipher it with y'all and then from there we go to current news now this is when we reach for the top of what's hot on the news and today everybody's asking about that game stop situation what's going on with the game stock stock why is it going up? Why is it going down? Who's going into it? Who, what is Reddit? You know, all these questions. Best believe your boy in Boston's boy. Yo, I'm just happy you're killing them. Like, you went from talking about tongue twisters to like, hey, look, you said the game stock stock is being killed by Reddit. You know, <laughs> like, you was, you, was this, you was serving them up. Go. It did feel like I was freestyling. It did feel like I was freestyling. Yo, so... We're gonna we're definitely gonna dive into that, man. That's something that I, we think is some fascinating stuff. And then from there we go, recommended and review. Don't forget, recommended and review is where we get to interact with y'all, with y'all. And today we've actually had some people reach out and tell us some things that they want to talk about. And what we're gonna be doing with that is breaking down our leading actress woman conversation. That's a conversation that we had to finish, and we wanted to wait for a special moment to do it. And we do think that honoring the late Cecilia Tyson is the best way to be able to bring that in, man. So we excited to go into that. Rest in peace to her, a black film icon for sure. And uh, without further ado, we bring to you the show. Come on in, grab a seat, sit down, man. It's just a conversation between two brothers. Hey, two brothers. Joe Berg is in the building. Chicago is in the building. This side, the building is in Chicago. That's the land of the Potawatomi people, man, and the Council of Three Fires, you know? So we got to acknowledge that the violence done to the Native American people that came to this land before us is inseparable from the state that we find this city in, the state that we find this country in, what a state, and the state that we find the world in, bro. So first of all, we're lifting up the name of the Potawatomi people on this land. We're lifting up love between black and brown people, the world over, intro over. Let's get into them, bro. Hey, hey. Hey, yo, can I get some gunshots? Can I get some gunshots to get us into this? We can look a shot, you know what I mean? Can I get some gunshots? We can look a shot, you know what I mean? Oh, wait, you're sharing. I'm I'm not sharing sound. You're sharing sound. We're going to get to the point where we toss it up, no matter who's sharing, you know? Yeah, you know what it is. In the meantime, we appreciate the patience of everybody listening. And before we shoot a gunshot for ourselves, (laughs) yo, hold up. Here go ours. 
<laughs> Hold up. Yes, <laughs> Let the smoke clear. And here it goes out. They are really loud. We might have to turn them down a little bit, but I guess that's the whole point. Hey, man, look, I think if anybody in the audience, if you're hearing that, I apologize if that hurt your ears. But you can't turn down gunshots. That's not what happens. You know what I'm saying? So if that startled you, well, then don't worry. It wasn't real. Imagine. Yo, hurt you. Right. listen, over here on this show, we, we like to open up the conversations um, that we think should be had, especially amongst men, black men in particular. And one of those important things is to check on in, my brother. So, you know, I'm, I'm opening it up to you to let the people know, dap on in, how, what you're feeling, what type of energy you're bringing into the podcast today. It's cold. <laughs> it is cold, man. Look, I wish I could turn the camera around. It is, there is snow on the stills of the windows. There is snow on the roads. There's snow on the trees. There's snow on the squirrels. There's snow everywhere. You know what I mean? Uh, Chicago is doing what Chicago do. Uh, so, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's a... A winter wonderland out here. I'm gonna. I definitely have shoveling ahead of me. I definitely have, uh, you know, yeah. I, but that's cool, man. Like I was telling you, I'm gonna throw some headphones in and get to shoveling later. So, I'm in it. I'm. I'm. The city is doing what it do. I'm. I'm dreaming and trying to think warm thoughts. You know what I mean? So I'm happy to be talking to my brother. I'm happy to be talking to the people, man. And uh, yeah, we out here. How about you? How you doing? You know how cold you have to be to have to think warmth. <laughs> Yes. Hey. hey, everybody out here in the city feels me for sure. This is this is no joke. We all question why we live here uh, at this time, and so the only thing that we can cling to is that man. Summertime Chicago is unlike anything else. I promise you that. But right True. now, a lot of us would rather be anywhere else. Big facts. <laughs> Which is wild because last last winter wasn't even that bad in Chicago. There was, I think, going into uh, going into December, late late Chicago, like late of twenty nineteen. There wasn't. It was slow delaying, and they were actually had some nice some nice days out there. It just goes to show the precarious nature of the weather now. Yeah, and yeah. Speaking of which, I think that even though we're experiencing like this amount of snow, like this is like five, six inches over the course of like 12 hours. Like that's normal, right? Like I remember as a kid, a lot more snowstorms like this, this happening earlier in the year, more like December, January type time. As I've gotten older, it seems like the seriousness of real winter is pushed to kind of February, at least in this region. And that's kind of unsettling, right? Because I do distinct, like, even if, you know, part of that is like nostalgia for, you know, snow and everything is bigger, right? When you're a kid, everything is more when you're a kid. But I really feel like even more than that, I remember uh, a more thorough winter season um, and, um, and that just lasted longer doing stuff like this. So, well, yeah, to speak to your point of like the precarious nature of the weather, like I, d I don't feel like even this winter with only one of these types of you know, storms thus far is really even representative of the winners that earned Chicago its, uh, you know, kind of reputation as as harsh and, and blustery. Or maybe that's just maybe that's just game that people that live in Chicago run on people that have been here recently and may not be like the winner is crazy. Maybe we just definitely definitely you guys are delusional, but you guys are delusional over there. Sauce. 
See, <laughs> you guys are delusional. It's cold. It's cold, and I don't wish that on anybody. I do not wish that on anybody, man. But that being that being said, you know the fact that uh, and and thank you again always for doing the land acknowledgements. I always think that's very important. So shout out to you. And I gotta say the same thing on this side. You know, think about how cold it is over there, and imagine it the opposite of that on this side. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's thinking warm thoughts. Thinking warm thoughts. That's what I'm doing. There you go. There you go. There you go. No, but it's a, it's a, it's a great, it's, it's been very gray over here in South Africa. We've got some tornadoes and some, uh, some tornadoes and some, not tornadoes. What am I saying? <laughs> I just nodded my head like, like, bro, niggas think anything can happen in Africa, bro. You said tornadoes and I was just like, damn, y'all got it like that. <laughs> I like, tor- I like that tornadoes on my brain. Tornadoes, bro. That must be a bug. <laughs> you doing with that. Listen. No tornadoes in Africa. <laughs> That's the name of the episode. No tornadoes <laughs> in Africa. But <laughs> um, no, but it's just been very great. And I do know that there's some flooding that's happening in Mozambique. So, you know, we we definitely um, send prayers to those people over there. Make sure everybody's good. It's been great. It's been raining. But nevertheless, man, you know, the sun shines on us again to be able to come to these people with a masterfully curated show of things that we enjoy to talk about, man. I, this space is so important. This space is so important. Yeah, man. You keep you keep telling me that. And I and I I think I overcasualize uh and just want, you know, everything to be a space that is reminiscent of the couch, you know. It's a place of communing and gathering and but also, yeah, I think that these conversations are intentionally important, um, even as we intentionally casualize them. So Wagwan. Speaking yeah. of important Conversations. Are we down to get into stumble upon numero uno? Bring us uh, in. Yeah. So we got a recommendation from from somebody who listens to the podcast, and we and we love all of our listeners. So shout out to you. And uh, yeah. So the the topic was uh, has COVID and anybody's reaction to that term safety made you give them a side eye. Right. Have you had anybody close to you that maybe in their lack of acknowledgement, lack of mask wearing, lack of care in terms of where they go, who they visit? Maybe, you know, somebody who got COVID and continued to move around. Has that impacted you at all and made you look at any of your friends, people's loved ones a little a little like watch yourself a little differently? You see, the thing with the thing with COVID is that there was. At, let's 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 speak about it in the peak. But currently in South Africa, we're technically at the peak of it. But lockdown and restriction-wise, it's not as bad as when you know, let's say 2020, when we first started dealing with this with this thing, right? And so, what I did understand is that the reality of there is the reality that COVID is the thing that's happening. But also at the same time, when you think in Africa, you got some people that are, let's say, six people living in two-bedroom houses, and you know, things that make it literally impossible for people to be able to stay within that same space and stay within the confines of their home and the only place that they can ever and the only place that they can get out to is on the street you know and then you take that and you compound it with the fact that misinformation and lack of resources and lack of lack of uh, lack of ability to tap into information and uneducation things of that like things of that nature i mean forget africa there was people skeptical about it in in first world countries where they have all the access to information. So, you know, from 
I, I tried to suspend judgment in that, in that manner, but definitely tried to move as cautiously as I could um, and, and try, and, and, try and, and, and hope that people around me can respect that. I think that's what it is. What about you? So the answer is yes, but I love those people, so we ain't going to shout them out. <laughs> uh, the answer for me is the same. Uh, no, I think the answer for me is more like, I saw some people that took more risks than I would take, but I don't think anybody um, was moving in a way that I felt like was actually dangerous to, um, you know, themselves or themselves, the people around them. Right. Thankfully. Um, I think it's hard to it's hard to it's hard to know somebody's situation especially the further you are from them right so maybe there are people who i don't observe on a daily basis who sentiment um in terms of the seriousness overall i felt like didn't match the the seriousness of covid but i didn't get to see them moving on a daily basis to know yeah. whether they were actually wearing a mask whether they were you know what i mean so uh, maybe I was spared actually having to make that decision and seeing some of those people on a daily basis. The people that I actually see on a regular basis, you know, some of them were the type of folks where you have to be like, hey, bro, put your mask over your nose. You know, they will have it on, but just like, put your, you know what I mean? And yeah. I'm not the mask over the nose police, but I would, you know, there. I think that was more the general statement. I think that speaks to just kind of the most of the people around me were like, I'm going to just do this whatever and weren't very like you know super you know like i'm gonna wear it all the time and be very cautious about it but yeah uh, at least had it on them at least were trying to observe those kind of safety measures and so to a, at least a, a, an extent that i could respect but i think what's interesting that you brought up bro is that you said and the first thing that you came up with on your end was out of necessity right there's too many people in too little space and people can't you know, necessarily distance themselves, social distance themselves yeah. in the ways that would uh, be meaningful for the stopping of transmission. And over here, where we have all the access to information, I would actually say that misinformation was the biggest reason why people, you know, didn't know how serious to take it, didn't know, you know, whether to wear masks, what type of masks, you know, were effective and not. So we saw things like, People found out, well, if you have this certain type of mask and you can kind of blow through it, right, it's probably not doing anything. And I think that sentiment yeah. got taken to, well, if you don't have the right type of mask, it's not even worth wearing one. So a lot of y'all are out here wearing masks and, you know, yeah. it don't even mean nothing. So I'm not wearing a mask, but I'm just like y'all who are wearing the wrong kind of mask, you know, and sentiments like that get perpetuated to become excuses because it is an active thing, right? It is something that you have to do. I've, you know, I've forgotten my mask in the crib or in the car a whole bunch of times and been like, man, I wish I got to go grab this thing. Let me just walk them in the stove, man. I ain't sick, but you got to go running back and grab it. And it just speaks to a level of inconvenience that I think people, uh, I think people are intolerant of inconvenience. So, and this has exposed that to the upteen percent in first world countries where it's not out of necessity. It's not out of an inability social yeah. distance but and when you speak on the the minimum let's say minimum inconvenience right it, it, it kind of like touches on 
what it means and looks like for people to be able to move on. You know, for us, we're social beings. So it's more important to respect what the social norms is than necessarily care about what the outcome is supposed to be. So when people talk about the new normal, like, because some of these things are ridiculous, you know, you'll wear a mask walking from your car, walking into a restaurant where then you'll take it off and then be seated amongst people. You know, that doesn't fully, that doesn't fully make sense, but Nevertheless, that's something that we do. And if you're not somebody that's doing that, you're seen as an outsider. So there's a lot of there's a lot of primal adaption and and moving on, if you will, that that is we're we're applying to COVID. It seems, and it's it's fascinating to watch. It's just fascinating to see what people hold on to as like the base, as what we consider the basic necessity required to satisfy the general norm. And that's space specific, right? There are spaces in which wearing the mask is a symbol of like, oh, you're somebody who, you know what I mean? Like you got caught up in all that. You think that that's, you're really worried about that? Like we drove from Chicago to Florida, drove specifically to avoid airports, right? Uh, to be with my family, um, my grandparents on Christmas, right? And then driving through there, we stopped to get gas in Kentucky and people are going in and out of the gas stations and not wearing masks, right? People are going in and out of restaurants, like you said, and not wearing masks, right? And so that, uh, that, that sentiment is spatial, right? And it's just, it just speaks to the diversity and the divergence in messaging that different aspects of different people receive based on um, their newsfeed or based on, you know, what they're, what they're fed every day. I was doing some, some research work for, uh, my job and I was, uh, I came across the statistic that 25% of Americans now get their news from social media. That's, that's terrifying. Primary, that's their primary source of news. And to you, that's terrifying, but a lot of people would justify that and say, you know, I follow people, sources that I trust and I, you know, I, do click and follow investigate beyond headlines. And I do, you know what I mean? Like back up, I do the research that is supplied by those sources that I trust, but I would rather do that than, you know, I, I believe that Fox and CNN and MSNBC and ABC and all of those places, Al Jazeera and uh, Bloomberg and uh, BCC are all corrupt in one way or another or biased in one way or another. So I'd rather yeah. amalgamate from the sources that I, that I trust independent so which is why i'm a big fan of like this podcast revolution because it opens up space for more people who you would feel are unbiased according to your metrics and be able to open to that obviously there's always the the danger of 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 being in an echo chamber right where and that's and that's almost the beauty and the negative part of the internet is that you can go anywhere and find a, a community and place where people agree with your ideologies and agree with the things that you agree with and, you know, make that seem as, as what's supposed to be in fact reality. But there's many, there's so many of those different pockets. So it's a, it's a, it's a good and bad thing for sure. But I just hope that I, I, I look forward not so much to a uniformed way of us understanding the news and information that it puts out, but at least having the standards be universal and understanding that misinformation will not be tolerated. So I do appreciate some of these social media platforms that are pushing towards that. I think Facebook recently said that it was going to ban, um, 
it could have been an ad campaign or something to that sort related to misinformation in order for them to to grasp on it right now you know we can there's a whole conversation that one can have about the ethics of facebook and 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 you know all the dubious things that they do security wise but the point the fact is a lot of people use that platform and they're looking for whatever maybe even for reasons more aligned to themselves but to reduce misinformation being shared out we saw it happen with cambridge analytica just they're able to manipulate those algorithms. So it's, you cannot hold anybody in this time, in this, in this, uh, in this era right now of misinformation to whatever it is that they, they believe in. It's like, okay, cool, you believe in that. However, me personally, especially as somebody that's gone through COVID, my rules are different on how I choose to engage with people because of that. Yeah, I think, but again, I think when it's, even majority necessity and when it's impractical in the sense of spatial like realities right that's one thing but when it's purely social realities i think the counter argument to that is it doesn't hurt you to wear a mask right like and if you know and even if even if you do feel sometimes that the mask suffocates you like which I think is a strong word, but I think if you are somebody who feels uncomfortable and has trouble breathing with wearing the mask at a long time, I think wearing it as much as you can and taking it down when you can is not, is, is what the consequences of not doing that are, right? Is we're over 400,000 people dead in, in the United States, right? Like we're creeping up and, on half a and- million people dead. Right. So if you just wearing the consequences of prevention that even seems minuscule to you, minuscule to you, the consequences of not doing that in mass are obviously they it hurts people. So I would say that if you do feel that you have people in your life who are not taking that and have not taken that as seriously as reflects care for their fellow human being, I would say, first of all, whoever that person is to you, because it can be tough not to be influenced by your peers and family members, I would say, if you feel concerned, wear your mask, right? No matter how people look at you, like, you know, wear it. I, as a Chicagoan, it's cold as this outside, I'm gonna keep wearing a mask, even when there's no COVID, when it's cold outside and it's snow, because it feels better on my face and snow hit my face. So whatever, you know, build your own social norms around something as small as that. And if you do feel like you have to confront those people, then like Zoe was acknowledge all the things that Zoe was saying, confront them with the love and the knowledge that this person may be more misinformed than they are malicious is probably more misinformed than they are malicious. Right. And, and, and try and reach out to them just from the perspective of human, like we're doing this for people. We're doing this for older people. And even if you don't have want to wear a mask, just, if you care about me, just hold this one on you. Keep this one on you. Yeah. Here, yeah. I got one. Wait, hold this. I'm not going to lie. It's this new strain of COVID that's popping up over here is terrifying, and it is doing a number on people, fam. Deaths are piling up so, so quickly over here. It's a little morbid, and I don't want to talk, you know, I don't want, I want this to be a, a morbid episode, but it is important to acknowledge the reality of, you know, how serious the situation is, is going in. On, on this side, you know, but that being said, we're actually touching on the two 
we were touching on the, the 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 dualities of the internet, the positives and the negatives on the internet, specifically about the different communities that people can find within the internet. Now, Wall Street bets, right? Wall Street bets. Damn. Wall Street Wall Street bets is a is a is a um uh, a community on on Reddit. It's a community that I frequent actually, um, mainly just because of the finance humor and um, conversation that happens in there. It helps me keep an eye on what stocks are, you know, exciting, how people are trading on them. And it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's a fascinating place for somebody that's interested in finance and the finance space. Now, for a while, I've been watching the conversation about the GameStop shorts pile up, right? And this is where we get into the current news section of the today's uh of today's program which is what is happening in gamestop right now now what i would like us to do very quickly is either play a video or do a reading or just read an excerpt from an article what, what how do you want to play not read a video like a subs like a substitute class <laughs> nah i'm always reading damn you got it pimp you got Zoe it. Puts on, Zoe puts on his reading glasses. I need a drop for that. I need a drop for every time I put on my reading glasses. Um, life? That's got to be cooler than that, dude. It's got to be a superhero thing. Get Yo, make Superman's music play. <laughs> that sounds like Kill Bill. <laughs> that sounds like Kill uh, Bill. What do you want, dude? You want the... Superman. Wait, is it to be... I don't, dude. I don't have. Un, I don't have. What does Superman sound like, nigga? <laughs> <laughs> what? Superman. Da, 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 da. There you go. There you go. You don't have. I don't have. Exactly I don't have. Dun dun dun, 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 dude. I cannot. I literally cannot drop that. Dun dun dun. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't do it. Here. Blaze Buttery out here. Blaze Buttery, baby. The, the segment every week that we bring you is where tries to read. We gotta get the we gotta get the congratulations for reading clip from Boondocks. That's what we'll put in every time we're about to read something. Yo, that's, that's perfect. Cool. I'll get that. I'll have that. I'll have that ready for the next episode. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Let's get into it. This is an excerpt from the New York Times, and it says. Um, it says retail investors fueled by social media chatter have driven up the price of GameStop, a brick and mortar video game retailer that has been losing money. Their reason, got it. Okay, cool. Uh, their reasons for buying the stock vary, but some wanted to thwart the big investors that were betting that the share price would fall, otherwise known as shorting the stock. Trading in other mundane stocks like BlackBerry and the MC Theater chain has surged as well. Some individuals. What did you say about shorting a stock? What's that? Shorting a stock? What's that? I'm, Repeat that I'm part. Glad, I'm glad you asked, Miles Xavier. So when we refer to the shorting of a stock, essentially what a company is saying, if we're going to put it in layman terms, is that they're betting that the company's value is going to decrease at a particular time. The value of that stock, as it drops, you'll be able to cash out when it hits the bottom or at a lesser price, right? Now, the reason that this is something that 
um, has incited a lot of emotion is that companies can take these massive, massive short bets on various companies that they bet they're going to fail. And that is like putting an anvil on a sinking ship. Now, granted, we're talking about GameStop here, which is a company whose antiquated method of operation, which is classic brick and mortar that are selling video games and hardware out of the store, when in fact, the game is moving more towards digitalization. The fact is... They've been cheating us for years. They've been selling us games at $50. And then you come back and they try to give you three or four cents for that game when you come back. They've messed up. They had this coming. They had it coming. Yes, in terms of sinking ships, antiquated models, GameStop was failing because it didn't care about gamers, right? It was selling games as the outlet at the, as high a price as, as it could. And there was no, it was what it was supposed to represent in terms of a marketplace for people to trade and bring back games and show love for old games. It went straight capitalist on that. And so yes, was being yes. left behind very quickly by gaming platforms that are now moving to digital only in terms of how games are distributed to users. And that's a very important part to to bring up as well, Miles. I'm glad you I'm glad you brought that up because the the reality of where GameStop is as an organization in terms of its value in the marketplace is now completely been flipped upside down by these retail traders, which is what you'd refer to as your day traders or non-institutional traders, like the group that um, like the, the the individuals that would be trading from um, your platforms like Robinhood and AmiTrade. Um, so you have you have those retail traders taking in buying up the stock, which is then events, which is essentially pushing the value of that stock up. Now, as the value of that stock up, it becomes more expensive for the people that are holding these call options because the margins that you have to pay for to hold that option eventually end up becoming more expensive than the actual commodity that you're holding. Therefore, some of them have to let go and assume those losses because at some point. Whatever it is, it's, it's, it's almost in the same way where the value of um, oil prices dropped to zero, right? It's where you had people who were, where, where the cost of holding onto this product is more expensive than giving it away for free, right? Now, obviously different, different scenario, but it touches on the same principle of at what point at, at, at who gets hurt in it, right? That's the conversations, who gets hurt in it. And so these hedge fund organizations that were holding on to those call options, anticipating it to drop heavily, were called out and, you know, you had the, you had the, the, the retail traders come on in, these, these young kids, which is so beautiful about this whole thing, these young kids came in, bought up the stocks, pushed that price up, bullied these guys, forced them to fold their hand. So I think another thing, as... You pointed out one of the most important things is who gets hurt by this. And that's what we're seeing the backlash and reaction to. In fact, we're seeing people like the CEO of the NASDAQ, right? She was threatening to uh, halt trading if it seemed like future stock phenomena were being manipulated by social media, right? And so that backlash is because of who was hurting. Now, I think it's also important to acknowledge that this action was more to uh, point out that flaw in the system, point out that short of GameStop, attack the people that were going to be getting rich off of just financially manipulate, financial manipulations attached to the sinking ship, um, mm -hmm. but wasn't necessarily a profitable investment for the people buying up shares of GameStop in the long term. It was more to make a point, no? 
Definitely. Definitely was more so to make a point. And I'm glad that you, you brought that point up as well, because the question now becomes, is GameStop something that's worth investing in? Is it something that you can take your money and put it into it right now? Now, you know, we always advocate over here on this podcast that the basic fundamentals of finance and finance investments is that time in the market will always be timing the market, right? And, you know, what is what is always lost up in, in frenzies of the sort is the adherence to the basic principles of having a diversified portfolio, making sure you're not betting or investing or trading capital that is um, is capital that you can lose is, is capital that you can't afford to lose, especially if you're going to do things that are this this risky, which is exactly what you'd consider what is happening on with this GameStop share as risky, which actually leads then into the role that these um, these trading platforms play, because you saw Robinhood. Um, take action to hide, uh, hide GameStop share, uh, buying GameStop shares. At, uh, it restricted now. Today, it's you can only purchase one, uh, one share at a time. You know, it's it's putting on these restrictions, and then that touches on like, is that even ethical? Can trading platforms do that? Well, I think what's really interesting is the overall sentiment, at least from social media, and social media being a key place to to check the temperature, considering that that's where this arose from, right? Is that it's not even necessarily unexpected that after uh, an attack and I'll call it, I'll call it that. And I will say that I respect this attack, right. Uh, You know, as a demonstration of what a collective of people on social media can do. Um, But I think the the sentiment on social media is now that, yeah, we, we exposed, you know, they played this game with stock and, and, and it's a, and it's an exclusive game for essentially run by and for people with large amount of capital, enough capital, cap, capital, I don't keep saying capital, uh, capital to influence the game. And I think uh, the sentiment of social media is that, yeah, this is what they do. You know, we, they're, they, they tell us, you know, buying stocks, you need to invest. If your money is sitting in uh, a bank account and not, you're not investing it in the stock market, you know, you're losing and they want us to contribute to playing the game, but they want us to be pawns in that game and not knights or bishops or kings or queens, right? They, they don't want us to be making moves that are outside the parameters that they've set that allow them to generate money as the people who have been in the game the longest, who hold most of the cards, right? And so I, I don't think we're surprised by that, but I think uh, the fact that we're not surprised by that, the fact that we don't expect to be given a fair shake when it comes, when, when the commas get different, when it starts to be two and three of them, right, as the average Joe, I think what it speaks to is a time that why all these, you know, again, the CEO of the NASDAQ and all these people that have stand to lose so much are coming out is because it's not a situation where it's like, we did this because we want something. No, we, mm-hmm. this is how the game works. We showing how the game works now. So the next, we might find a way for this to be more profitable for us the next time. But we're gathered, we're collective, we're, we're, we're a community here. And that and and this is what communities can do. That's why the word community is so important. That's why it's important to build community, to strengthen community, to reach out to people. Because when you have a bunch of people dedicated to a cause, and again, it's important to stress that this wasn't necessarily a long-term financial move for these people because they were doing it to make the point. They were doing it to expose this flaw in the system. And so when you have a community of people that's dedicated to something like that, you can really make moves. You can show the power of the people, right? And so that's why I think we're seeing this regulation, this backlash. 
because people on social media aren't like, you know, they aren't expecting things to change off of this. They're like, yeah, now they're shutting the game down like they always do. So we're going to figure out what our next move is. What is so beautiful about this whole thing is, and it echoes the exact same sentiments that you had said, right, is that we've always advocated that things are changing in the world. Right, the old systems and the old norms that we're becoming used to, that we've that that we've let's say have been bestowed on us are systems that we understand are flawed, are systems that we don't entirely believe in, are systems that don't necessarily fit into the modern agenda. And our modern agenda is an agenda of responsibility. It's a an agenda of equality. It's a gender of 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 of. Did I say gender? <laughs> it's it identifies as responsibility. It's a yeah. it's a it's it's, responsibility. it's an agenda of um of a better world. And I definitely and I definitely feel that our our generation's push forward and contribution into this planet is undoing all of these systems that don't make sense that don't work for our reality right now but also making sure that things are done in the right way so when i see these when i see when i see a a strategic play and protest like the ones that was done on by by um, wall street bets it makes me happy because it pokes it validates what we've been saying this whole time about how un about the inequality and brokenness of this investing system, right? And what it does give people the opportunity to realize is that guys, it's, you know, despite GameStop, despite us doing doing this in order to, to make a point, you can always put your cash behind companies that you believe in and in companies that you think are doing the things that you agree with, you know? Like very simply, you could, if, if GameStop truly was a company that people fully believe in, you know, not, not, you know, you, you've highlighted the realities of why their business model is going down. And, you know, eventually, if you ask me, it would be obsolete and things of that nature. But that being said, you could, if, if that wasn't the case, you could, you know, pu- pushing that much capital, it's, it's easy for people to put their, 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 their belief in capital behind these companies and prop them up in these extraordinary ways that we're seeing like this, right? So for me, it's, 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 it's exciting to see the power going into the hands of the people, um, and people realizing that this the system that we have of investing and of trading and of stock and and the and the and the and the misinformation that lives in there and these these ridiculous positions that these people are taking and the incredible risks that they put us at you know they the 2008 crisis was completely based on unregulation from these big from uh, from big finance you know it's it's always the people that suffer at the hands of their um, at the hands of their of their greed and their negligence. So anytime we get to poke a hole through it and show that it is vulnerable, it's another it's another it's another stone we're throwing at, at at Goliath and bringing it down to a place where, in fact, the only companies that are the companies we're supporting are companies that are behind us on our environmental issues, on our social issues, on our governmental issues, and that is what motherfucking matters. Perfect. Yo, I think that. These conversations are important for us to have because they get at the heart of, you know, uh, I think the question of capitalism, right? As you just spoke to, increasingly we're seeing people with their purchasing power, you know, with their ability to organize and collaborate, being able to hold companies accountable in a certain sense for putting people first, right? And I think we're quickly approaching the point where the question of whether corporations 
by definition, and entities that are built to sell products can put people before those products that they're built upon, right? And I think we're quickly pushing to see if that is possible. And I think that, uh, yeah, man, I just appreciate you as 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 my my capitan and co-pilot as we as we you know examine what I think is going to be increasingly uh, a conversation that we see come to light around capitalism around the uh, money making entities that are that are racking up billies right now um, while people are struggling it it goes really to talk on something that we talk it, it it affirms something that we've talked about all the time which is that eventually at some point the most important thing that's going to matter is a world where what is your contribution to the betterment of this world that is that is where things are changing to you know so these these systems and strategies and companies that have taken that that have taken advantage of people and have put people in these in these um you know that that have essentially gone against what it is that that is beneficial for the people the things that they're doing are going, to, are going to be increasingly become exposed right which is the beauty of what bitcoin does which is the beauty of what crypto does is that it's pulling that power away from that right so it's 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 a world that's changing and we have the tools in order to be able to change it and it takes each and every one of us being able to align ourselves behind things that we care about and give them the power instead of you know thoughtlessly uh, perpetrating organizations that do not have any care for for the people it is a financial revolution this is a beautiful time to be alive for somebody like myself who is watching a building burn that i think deserves to go down i think the rules on the rules on 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 value the way that we calculate things the way that we put value towards things needs to be realigned because as it stands right now the rate at which the rich are getting richer is far outnumbering the rate it's is actually the rate at which the rich the rate at which people are getting poorer is way way higher than the rate at which people are getting richer and that is an issue because the richer people are getting the most riches that they've ever been now that right now there is more wealth that we've created now than there's ever been in the world and that is isolated to a core number of people i don't think that's fair and anything that go anything that allows for that system to 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 crack is something that i support and something that we support man the revolution will be instagram live <laughs> or at least on all the way live listen yeah. the revolution challenge financial tools and financial opportunities that are out there in that ocean is currently experiencing some chop the guys at all the way live are here to chop it up with y'all for y'all thank y'all i think we killed that segment what we on to hey man beautiful stuff beautiful stuff listen we have a second do, do you have a drum roll on your pad please make a list of all the sounds that you would like <laughs> and send them I will. to me superman is number one oh, drum roll yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> listen miles xavier we've teased this topic a few times mm, i want this topic to tease me and this is why we've never done it yet <laughs> bring us in <laughs> Leading actresses, man. Recommended and review. Our our recommended and review right now is for us to touch on the leading actresses because recently we lost the 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 film icon Cecilia Tyson. 
um, live a long, long, wonderful life. I love, I love watching black people live very old, man. It's beautiful to see. It is, man. It is. This world ain't built for that. And so to see, you know, a beautiful black woman get to live a life, touch so many people, uh, inspire so much uh, content that, you know, we enjoy and love today. I mean, that's, that's an amazing legacy. And legacy is important um, and not easy to cultivate with the, with the little time that we're given here and as confusing as the world is. So uh, anybody that's able to make so much uh, art that resonates with people, I think, is somebody that we want to lift up, you know. So rest in peace to, to, to Miss, the beautiful Miss Tyson. And in respect of Miss Tyson, what we'll be doing is le- listing what we believe to be the leading actresses, the current leading Black female actresses. Yeah, and I think, oh. I mean, my list is, my list is mostly favorites um i think it's tough to 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 compare because you're comparing uh you know performances across so many different generations but like yeah man i don't where do you want to start do you want to start tossing names out and show love and where 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 do you want to where you want to go with it i think right now what would be what would be cool is to acknowledge um acknowledge let's say who our black female actress icons are right now like who we put into the hall of fame and then touch on some of the young guns because we couldn't go anywhere without respecting, for for instance, your um, Regina King. Wow. You did Taraji P. Henson. Come on. Angela Bassett. Yes. Octavia Spencer. Get him. You feel me? Ha, ha, Halle Berry. Halle mm. Berry. Halle Berry was my first crush. Really? Wow. Uh, Beyonce was my first crush. Nope. Nope. Leanne in grade one was my first crush. <laughs> oh, I'm a real person. Not a real person. A person you. Uh that's funny. Yeah, man. I think you I think you thank you for 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 breaking us off with some of those big names. I wouldn't I mean I think I want to add Viola Davis to that list. But Viola um, Davis is killing it right now. But Viola Davis has been killing it for a minute. What a career. What a career. Yeah. What a career. Queen Um, Latifah, Jada Pinkett, go on. Did you say Taraji P. Henson? I did. Mm -hmm. Um, Fox. Yeah. Put Vivica Fox in there. Gabriella Union. How would we forget Gabriella Union? Kerry Washington. Yes, 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 yes. Pam Greer. Oh, we going to legends. Yeah, you're right. You're right about it. Fab Gear. Where do we put Megan Good in this category? And does she make your top five? Megan Good, top five Oof. of actresses, leading ladies? I don't yeah. think so. But I think Megan Good falls as uh, one of the most um, angelic on as beautiful females that we have. You know, I think, I think. Halle Berry has had some more uh, opportunities to to show off acting chops as far as Hollywood, but I think in terms of the iconic nature of just the the aura of a black woman, mm, love that aura. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Everybody mm-hmm. loves that aura. You say Halle Berry, you say Megan Good. I think is the name right behind that in terms of just like, mm, yes, I like it. Listen, 
<laughs> you will get no contest from me on that one. And I second everything about that. Um, if we're diving into who's killing it now, I think I have to put Viola Davis first. I think Viola Davis to me right now is 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 murdering it. Um, her past performance on Miss Rainey's Black Bottom. Yeah, she she's she's killed that. I loved her performance in Fences. Uh, bodied Fences. So How to Get Away that. with Murder, bodied it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I love how she throws herself into a character um, and always just seems to humanize these people that are, you know, kind of larger than life, right? Whether it's How to Get Away with Murder, this law professor that is just absolutely brilliant, whether it's Ma Rainey's, this singer that's, you know, um, unique in, in her ability to to navigate the world because of her hits and, and a world that wasn't so nice to black people um and then a mother and just showing that all that that person in a home is as important as either of the other two right that just got mentioned and that has the same emotional range of experience within that home like yeah she always just brings an appreciation for the character and the perspective that she plays that she gotta be she gotta be top she gotta be top on now top she tier. gotta be she gotta be. She gotta be. Um, I also have to put in Lupita Lupita Nyong'o in there as well. Um, yes, absolutely. My African queen, my African queen, Lupita. Man, um, she she her her, her range is her range is, is is very incredible. She had her let's rather call it her her come to fame moment on um, the slave movie Twelve Years a Slave. She was in Twelve Years a Slave. Body that role, man. Body that role. Um, such a powerful performance on her side. And then just watching her dive into these cooler, these cooler characters, you know, into Black Panther and whatnot. I love that. I love that. She's, she, she gives me black, super, black, regal, super, super woman vibes. And, and, and I like that. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Did you say Regina King earlier? I said Regina King and Regina Hall. I didn't say Regina. I think I said them both. Well, Love to them both. Um, but speaking of Regina King, who also just directed One Night in Miami, right? Uh, I think she brings up to me in terms of talking about the new school, Issa Rae, as somebody who is both acting and, you know, creating uh, things that I think it's it's really arguable. We're finding these things iconic, right? What she's been able to do with Insecure. Um, I think that's amazing. So, oh, also shout out Tracy Ellis Ross, man, for sure. Oh, that's right. Talking about legendary actresses, man. Big facts. That's right. And if we're still talking about people who are who are killing it, you know, you have to put um, Taraji P. Henson in there. Um, I think her, you know, Cookie, obviously, you know how big it is, but I love the performance on Hidden Figures. I thought that was great. Um, She she is yeah. I I think she's such a a serious experience. But Hidden Figures just reminded me Octavia Spencer for her roles. She's been killing it lately, too. Um, even the horror look, like Ma, I just think it's cool to see Black folks in different roles. Um, but she was also in Hidden Figures. She's been in a few things. Just, uh, yeah, just bodying it. Just bodying it. Um, who else? The cast, oh, from the, the, the cast from Orange is the New Black, all of them deserve a big nod, actually. You know, hey, that's not the but I, yeah. I remember how much of a cultural moment that show, how many cultural moments that show had. So yeah, that's that definitely counts. Uh, shout out Zendaya from Euphoria, another show that I don't watch, but I feel like is. Hi Zendaya. Yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, and and then, Euphoria uh, is a good show. It's a it's a teen it's a it's a high school show, you know. But it's definitely something that is you know you can binge with a girlfriend. It's it's girlfriend entertainment. There you go. Shout out Nathalie Emanuel, my entertainment girlfriend. Speaking of girlfriend entertainment, uh, mm-hmm. I hope Game of Thrones is. Oh, she was also in Fast and Furious, I think, which also is just a which is a lit look. But I hope she continues to get opportunities. You know, I think Game of Thrones movies shows that crash in certain ways tend to affect the careers of actors and actresses so i hope that she's able to uh continue to get work and be seen uh did we say tessa thompson yet we have not said tessa thompson yet tessa thompson you want me to leave the room no i just i just want i want her to be in the room but is uh, that right yeah man shout out to her (laughs) sorry to bother you is dope i loved her role in that um yeah, she just she's just killing it. I love her and Thor. Like, I just I, I love the attitude that she brings to the screen and both the can be, you know, even in moments that yeah, she's just a she's a scene stealer for sure. So indeed, indeed. And we didn't mention this about Regina King, but Regina King was actually the voice of both Riley and Huey on Boondocks. Yeah, so much love. So much love for that. She also um was in uh what's it called uh not not westworld hbo watchmen watchmen that's right starring role in that uh black superhero she becomes black superhero at the end spoiler alert sorry but uh it's it's great i've always been a a big fan of 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 tandy newton as well by the way she was in rock and roller yes sir Ooh, uh what's homegirl uh, Kiki Palmer? Miss, no, Miss Smolier. Um, Miss Smolier. His, uh, his sister. I think it's his sister, but I forget her name. I heard something about that, but I've, no, I've never been clued up on it. It's killing me. No, no, she's the, she's the, she's the girl from, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, Lovecraft, Lovecraft Country. So we have Kerry Washington. <laughs> I'm trying to make. I'm trying to ask the questions that are responsible. Listen, sure man. Right. Listen, man. If we're going into this list, there's a there's a few other a few other leading actresses. Okay, so if we're gonna put in now, who we put in our top right? Let's just make a let's not top five. Obviously, all and everybody's number one, but top number one five five number ones, right? Right now, or what you talking about? Uh, right now. Let's 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 keep it right now. Let's keep it. Let's keep it current. And we've already got, um, we've already got Viola, Viola Davis, and we have Issa Rae. Um, if we're doing that, then I'm gonna have to contribute to the pot. Um, you said Journey, Journey Sommelier, right? Sommelier. Not, I mean, not. I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say top five right now. You know. You know. Love you, babe. Um, Taraji P. Tessa, I'm keeping Taraji on there. I would put Tessa Thompson in there. Yes, 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 yes. My sleep, and we said Lupita Nyong'o as well. Boom, that's five. Cool, no particular order. Love to our black queens. Yes. Yes, sir. Hey, man, listen, I think we, I think we dished up a, a hot plate of, a hot plate of content for these people, brother. We done, we done cooked it up. We done, we done. Hey, we got one more thing for him, man. What you gonna do for Valentine's Day, bro? 
I'm glad you asked, man. I'm glad you asked. I'm just going to make my lady feel special, bro. Um, I'm going to let her feel special. I think uh, thoughtfulness is, is going to win the day on this one. So just try and be as creative as I can be. Um, you know, keep it. I'm not, obviously not going to dish out details on this one. But also, I'm going to I'm gonna actually going to get flowers for my mother and my aunts. You know, I know, I know uh, that's just some, you know, make them feel loved and appreciated as well. So I think all the women in my life, uh, the ones that matter, I'm going to, I'm going to extend some, some love towards, man. That's a beautiful sentiment, man. I think that's a message of love. I think that's a great way to approach about a holiday that can be uh, kind of looked at as only for a lovey-dovey, corny segment of like, nah, just take that time to show love to whoever it is in your life that you appreciate, that supports you, that could use some flowers, some chocolate, or a bottle of wine, man. So um, I appreciate you. I love yeah. you. What you doing for Valentine's Day before you uh, skip out of here? Know. I know. We know. <laughs> Yo, what are you doing for Valentine's Day, Miles? Yo, Miles. You have so many options. Miles is way on the, the other side of the line. Yo, bro. <laughs> you know, we done lost my brother's way. His communications is not working right now, but I know that he knows. I can you hear know, you great, Miles. Who's your Valentine? Celebrating, that we are celebrating, you know, what it means to be black, how good it feels. I wish I could hear his way, but it feels good. I know we would say that it feels good. It feels great. All the time. All the time. And uh, yeah, man, thank you for rocking with us as we figure life out in real time, as we figure out, you know, uh, how to have these conversations, how to, how to take these crazy things that seem to have no connections to our daily life. GameStop is soaring and, you know, it, it's, it's all a lot to digest. So we appreciate you rocking with us. We hope we help you digest that. Uh, peace, love, water. We gone.